power on. Woo! The best in the world. The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star. Here to talk about, well, I recently uh, had the opportunity to test out uh, a smartwatch, <laughs> which we will get into uh, some of my, my thoughts on smartwatches in general. And while I'm sure some, perhaps newer listeners, would be surprised uh, to hear me like even say that I would I would put a smartwatch on my wrist. Uh, let's be clear here. It's not for the long term <laughs> at all. Uh, maybe I'm giving away my review, but for longtime fans, you'll know because we've been talking about smartwatches basically ever since they started being a thing. Uh, you'll know that in the abstract, again, in the abstract, not what exists, but in the abstract, I am actually very supportive of the concept of the smartwatch and certainly some, uh, uh, you know, present implementations of a smartwatch are better than others. Um, I've done reviews in the, over the past, well, f actually few years, uh, of like the, the Xiaomi Mi Band, right? The Mi Band series, which I think the Mi Band six, is it up to the six now? What's the last one I reviewed the five? Well, anyway, I don't know if I'm ever going to review the six, but Again, in the world we live in, there's some benefits to these things at times, uh, especially if you're the kind who feels like you have to look at your smartwatch or your smartphone screen too much. Uh, so if you have some kind of device that just like gives you quick notifications so you don't have to look at the fucking screen, that can be a very beneficial thing, which was often my argument for the use of, say, the Xiaomi Mi Band, right? it's fitness features are bullshit the, like, or at least, yeah. If you're into like doing only cardio, you know, or running and things like that, then, okay. Like then some of the fitness features might be of interest, the sleep tracking way off base. Um, you know, none of those features really matter. All it's about is I guess having the time on your wrist and really, uh, maybe some media controls and the notifications overall. And I did find the Mi Bands to be useful for that sort of thing. But then where does a full-on smartwatch stand today? Well, that's what we're going to get into here. Um, so what I was uh, able to test out was the latest, uh, though certainly not the flagship, but the latest from watch company Fossil. Now, Fossil's a watch company. It's been around Boy, for a good while, uh, used to be very popular. In fact, I had a Highlander as in, yeah, that Highlander. Uh, I had a Highlander watch that was uh, a fossil collectible. Um, this was probably 20, 25 years ago that I had that loved that watch again. You know, it, it's so funny. People really forget how big of a fucking deal Highlander was. <laughs> it was the number two show in the world, in the whole world. The entire planet, not just America. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> it's the number two show on the planet when it was running. Uh, only bested by, no, not Seinfeld. Guess what? A lot of people don't like Seinfeld. Can you believe it? I can. Um, but the number one show in the world was actually Baywatch. Of course, in America, you might not have realized that, but that just shows you know the lack of taste that generally Americans have. But that's besides the point. Uh, what I was going to say about Highlander was... Like back in the day when the, when the show was in like its fourth, fifth uh, season or so, um, like they would send out a whole catalog. In fact, they'd send a new one out like almost every month or two of, and I mean, we're talking about like a multi-page full catalog. It wasn't like Highlander, the magazine, it was just all Highlander collectibles. And there was so much, oh, I mean, it was insane. The replica swords, the drinkware, I mean, everything you, you could imagine, you know, I mean, you think kiss was a mark is a marketing machine. Holy shit. You should, you should have seen Highlander in its day. Uh, Star Trek didn't even have that much fucking, uh, you know, merchandise around it. But anyway, my Highlander fossil watch, I loved, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so I know it's a company that gives a shit about quality. Now let's be clear though, that there are a lot of longtime watchmakers that are getting into or have been into the smartwatch game. But 
keep this in mind, they're basically white labeling the creation of, of these smartwatches. Like Fossil doesn't suddenly have like this, you know, huge tech department all developing around Wear OS. You know, like there's other companies doing a lot of this work for them. Uh, granted, it probably goes through their QA, which is great. Um, and, and I think as we talk about the fossil watch that I got to test out, which is the gen five E as it's technically called, um, you know, certainly we'll get into quality, but I want to caveat this review with a couple things. Okay. One is, is that I know this is not, uh, what one would consider to be a flagship smartwatch as in, yes, it's the latest to come out, but it's not. You know, there, there are, there are higher end, even within fossil itself, but certainly with other companies, um, there are higher end smartwatches that have, you know, more powerful processors, more onboard storage. They might have LTE built into them, things like this. And of course, as far as I can tell, really anything in the Wear OS, which we will get into a little bit of the history of that Wear OS, which is the latest Android version of smart or Android operating system for smartwatches. Uh, Android wear is no longer really a thing, nor is Tizen for that matter, but we'll get into that as well. Um, I know none of these that like, and, and I've looked into this. Basically there is no Android based smartwatch that competes with the Apple watch. The Apple watch is just a cut above. Uh, in fact, you may find any complaints that I have about the, uh, fossil gen five E the, or really any Wear OS smartwatch, uh, the Apple watch can probably do everything that I complain Wear OS can't. So credit where credit's due. And I'm sure we'll bring up the Apple watch uh, a little more later on. So let's get into a little bit of history of Android based smartwatches. Um, originally a few years ago when these were initially, when they were announced, uh, they, it was with what was called at the time Android Wear. Uh, Android wear is, was really, I mean, the simplest way to think about it, it was basically Android as you imagine it on a smartphone transposed onto a smartwatch. Okay. To where you could have, you know, you could choose different keyboards. I mean, you could, you could install apps, like every, everything you can imagine that your, your smart, your Android smartphone does basically Android wear could do. Did it do it well? That's another conversation. But a couple of years ago now, um, and of course we're recording in 2021 here, Google decided to, with the Apple Watch, I guess being a success, you could say, they decided, well, we need to really do a refresh and really concentrate and, and try and make this into more of a platform. We've got to get in on that, that uh, Apple market share. And so Android Wear uh, turned into what is now known as Wear OS. Right now, we are in the phase of Wear OS 2.0. Uh, Wear OS was not so much of a success, but by my estimation, it was a necessity. So the problem with Android Wear was that because it was basically a full fat operating system, which is the right direction to go, by the way, <laughs> with a smartwatch. Uh, because it was a full fat operating system drained smartwatch batteries, like a motherfucker. And you basically had to have gigantic, like remember the Moto 360, you had to have these gigantic smartwatches that could hold a battery, um, that could just power that operating system. So Wear OS was a middle of the road to try and, you know, cut down on how much the operating system needed to do but really it made it far more reliant upon the smartphone, which maybe Google thought, well, that's, you know, maybe they thought that that was working for Apple with watch OS. I don't agree with that because I feel like watch OS is it's not full fat, but boy, it can do a lot more than Wear OS can. And it could do just about everything that Android wear could other than like a lot of the customization. But I ultimately feel like other than having Google maps and, uh, Google pay having those two options. Uh, there's really not a whole lot that practically as in you can use them practically. There's really not a whole lot practically, 
above, you know, that, that you can do with, with a smartwatch, uh, above what you could do with say a Fitbit or, you know, a Mi band or, you know, just, just like a, a really nice fitness tracker that has a full screen on it. And I will say that ultimately comes down to a disappointment. Okay. Not to say there aren't positives and I'm going to talk about those, but I think that ultimately leads to a disappointment because what excites me about a smartwatch is outside of maybe little people with little hands or, you know, older folk. And I don't say that either really disparagingly, but outside of those kinds of people, like a smartwatch, even with, or a smartphone, even a smartphone with hell, I don't know. What is this? A Moto G power. This has like a six and a half inch screen. Uh, like my next seven, it, <laughs> I mean, this, it, it, the screen's huge. Uh, even with, with gigantic screens on smartphones, you know, on phablets, even though I don't think anybody even calls anything phablets anymore. Now they're just smartphones. Cause it seems like every fucking smartphone is, you know, just gigantic, but ultimately they're, I really, really think they're impractical. They're like good enough. They're mediocre enough to get something done that people live with it, you know, and they use it. And because it's so portable, great. But I mean, you're just, you're never going to reach. And I've tried for years. You're never going to reach the level of creativity, productivity, and dare I say, even inspiration that you can, uh, uh, bring together and bring to life on, you know, even the smallest laptop. And I have one of the smallest laptops next to me, actually. It's the GPC or GPD micro PC, six inches. <laughs> Technically, the screen's smaller than one of my smartphone. Insane. But I can still get infinitely more done and have infinite more options in comparison with the micro PC than I do with a smartphone. So I say this to suggest that the smartphone is this nasty, ugly middle ground. Okay. Um, where you really, really can't, I mean, you can pretend to get things done and you might be able to get things done in a pinch, but not really. So the smart watch to me is actually what I want. I need a companion, not to my smartphone. I need a companion to my computer, to my laptop, to the machine that I can get shit done on. Um, I want a device that I can communicate with quickly while I am on the go. Okay. Um, and that I could carry with me portably. And, and you know, those, those are fine things to want in my opinion. Um, I mean, I'd even love it if I had a smartwatch that had Bluetooth. I mean, most of them do, but you, you don't, I mean, other than, uh, I don't know, maybe headphones, Bluetooth headphones, you don't really connect via Bluetooth. I mean, it'd be awesome to be able to connect and, I, and I'm not kidding to connect like a Bluetooth keyboard, uh, to, to a smartwatch. And that way, if needed, I could put the smartwatch down and I could, you know, chat and type, uh, quickly. We'll talk more about that when we get into our review of the, uh, of the gen five E, but basically all the things that you want or that you, you're commonly expect a smartphone to do that it might do somewhat well, you know, say if you are into doing like Google pay, you know, or something like that. Uh, you know, or if you just want to watch a quick video, uh, while you're on the go, or if you want to listen to podcasts or music or audiobooks, uh, while you're, you know, on the go, um, or even if you just need to quickly type out a message on telegram while you're on the go, uh, a smartwatch can really do all of that. Okay. But it's also a lot more convenient to carry around and a lot more forgettable and in some ways, perhaps even less enticing than a smartphone. It is not that mediocre solution. It can actually be a great solution, but smartwatches in general are not there. The Apple watch comes close. Okay. Uh, part of the reasons that they're not there has to do with, you know, they might not have that, that always on connection. And before, again, before we get into the general review of the, of the gen five E, Let's, let's talk about this, this big, big problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think speaks to why, uh, Google went with a more pared down OS, even though that's going to change. And I want to talk about that for a second too. Smartwatches, even really lightweight ones, you know, and, and what some would consider like the five E would consider underpowered ones. 
are still fairly heavy on your wrist and holding it up and typing on it. And yes, you do that holding it up and typing on it. Even for somebody who, you know, you're talking to a guy who lifts weights, you know, all the time. Uh, I I'd do it every day if I could, but I, I do it. It certainly as many days as I can get it in each week. Uh, like, like I, I'm just, maybe I got to get used to it or what, but, <laughs> but I, I feel like my arm gets tired very quickly just doing that. Like I can't really imagine having like a full on conversation uh, like that, but then, you know, where, where I'm holding up uh, the, you know, the, the smartwatch uh, closer to my face to where I can see. And I'm like typing down on it because then you're also with your arm, you're putting pressure up against the finger that's putting pressure against the wrist. Right. And so that actually does get fairly tiring. Um, but a big part of that is because these smartwatches are, I, I hate to comp- like, I hate it when people call smartphones, supercomputers. I know they are in comparison to what computers used to be, but I, I really think that that's, that's a mistake to call them that, but we'll just say they are little computers quite. I mean, by dictionary definition, they certainly are that. But that little computer for a watch is pretty heavy. And it's not like I'm also, look, I, I wear gigantic watches on my wrist. Um, I have, uh, what is it? The watches by S force. I have a first edition, uh, carbon. That is a massive, like 52 millimeter bezel. Like, I mean, that's just a gigantic watch and it's designed that way. They make them for bodybuilders. So it's not like I'm unaccustomed, you know, to having a big, heavy watch on my wrist. Okay. Uh, I'm certainly unaccustomed to holding it for long periods of time, you know, with, with my arm crooked like that. Uh, but I think that that might be something that basically Google discovered over time. Um, I can't really imagine how much heavier again, when you had to use Android wear, when that was full fat, I mean, how, how heavy those had to be to power that kind of system. But then that's kind of sad because maybe it's that weight problem. W E I G H T that explains why, uh, we may never get the smart, the smart watch of my dreams where it's a smart watch. That's basically a smartphone with an incredibly small screen. But again, I do admit the Apple watch is awfully close. Now the limitations of wear OS, which we'll get into with this review, uh, are not like these are known. Okay. (laughs) Because This year in 2021 at mobile world Congress, uh, Samsung and Google, uh, you know, basically came out and said, Hey, we're partnering up. Uh, Samsung's not going to go forward with Tizen anymore, which Samsung was using to, to power its galaxy wear devices, you know, it's smartwatches. Um, and that Samsung and Google are basically, are essentially going to work together now, uh, to create, you know, wear OS 3.0. That's what they're calling it and create like a really great experience, probably because they know they're losing out hard to Apple. So I say this, that what I'm about to review now is a review of the present. The future of smartphones or of smartwatches might be a lot more interesting. Maybe they'll get to the abstract notion of the, you know, of the smartwatch that I would actually want the smartwatch that effectively replaces again, my smartphone. That's what I want. Uh, and maybe that will come with Wear OS 3.0. So it might be worthwhile to revisit. Um, and, and I think Wear OS 3.0 is supposed to, like the first devices that have it, I think are supposed to be out end of this year. Uh, but in the coming year, it might be worthwhile to revisit uh, this concept and these devices that it gets implemented into. So, but for now, let's talk about what does exist. Again, this is the latest smartwatch in the Wear OS line. Um, it is not a, it is not as full featured, or like I said, it's not a flagship like other, even like not the Gen 5e from Fossil, but the Gen 5 from Fossil. Like I think there's a Gen 5 Carlisle. Uh, some of those have higher specs um, than this, but this is the latest. And well, let me give you the technical specifications of this. So again, it is running the latest Wear OS. Uh, it has a, let's see. So a one, one gig of Ram, four gig of storage. I have the list here. 
uh, has the Qualcomm Snapdragon Wear 3100. You know, I want to talk about that for a second. A lot of uh, people suggest that one of the main things holding Wear OS back is that Qualcomm is not taking the platform seriously and they're not coming out with refreshed hardware uh, quickly enough. Whether that's true or not, besides the point, but there are Wear OS devices out there that use the Qualcomm uh, 4100, but this is the 3100 and that's already a couple years old, but I don't think that that's big of a deal. I'll explain why. Uh, the one gig of RAM, four gig of storage, a lot of people complained about with the 5e. Well, that's, that's really low when you have other watches that have two gig of RAM and at least eight gig of storage, if not more. Um, I don't think that that ultimately matters. In fact, I'll keep reading this list of uh, specifications, but I don't think the specifications matter at all, but let's keep going. Uh, display, it's a 1.19 inch uh, AMOLED screen, uh, 390 by 390, 328 PPI. Um, it does have, it only has a singular button. It's not a twisted crown button. Um, some Wear OS devices have like three, four buttons on. This only has the one that you just push in. We'll talk about that. Uh, it does have a built-in, and of course it has a touchscreen, um, but it does have a built-in speaker, which I thought was interesting. That's somewhat of a newer thing. Uh, for these devices, um, microphone, and of course it can, uh, vibrate Bluetooth 4.2, uh, NFC. It has that. It also has Wi-Fi, uh, accelerometer, gyroscope, heart rate monitor, all that jazz, uh, you know, can track your sleep as well. Um, battery is supposed to be 24 hours plus. We'll talk about the battery. That's certainly what a lot of people talk about with the gen five E in their reviews. We'll talk about it with mine. So there you have it. Um, now the gen five E at a 30 foot view would seem to be a kind of a stopgap, meaning that, okay, fossil released the gen five, which was their flagship. And it's going to be a little while before they release their gen six, because they want their gen six to take advantage of wear OS 3.0 but for their spreadsheets and just to keep new product flowing, they needed something out there later in 2020. And of course we all know what a shit show 2020 was for many industries and economies. So fossil felt like they had to come out with something. So they came out with the five E and the five E think of it like the moto E where it is like, it's this bare bones affair uh, of a smartwatch and they generally run uh, not that I had to pay this, but they generally run for about two fifty. Uh, sometimes you can find them for much less. A lot of people say, well, if that, if the five E was under $200, I'd see it as worth it. I don't think this thing's worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm glad I didn't pay for it uh, because it's, it's just not, well, let, let's talk about it. So now the reasons that I say the specifications don't matter is that look, you, you could multiply the specs by a hundred and it just can't do much. Like, I mean, that's, that's the real problem is that it's just so fucking limited in application, not in applications, even though it is limited and with apps as well, but it just doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. Now the five E does not come with LTE. Here's, here's a problem. So I would have loved to have tested, um, a smartwatch with LTE on it. The problem there is that there's, I, I mean, basically or 90% of the LTE enabled Wear OS watches only work on Verizon. So it, that's a no go for me, right? Because I'm either using, uh, you know, mint or I'm using Google Fi, And if I can't connect with those, I mean, then, then I just can't do anything with it. But if it had LTE, I could see where it would be slightly more useful slightly more useful in that you have like, say Google maps is on here. And if you always had like connectivity, it doesn't have like offline Google maps. Again, it only has four gig of, you know, of onboard storage and there's no micro SD card slot or anything like that, even though I wish there was, but uh, you have Google maps on here, but it's impractical on its own without your smartphone to connect to. And even then the two don't really interact. Uh, you know, to, to go looking for, you know, to go searching for addresses and everything, uh, you know, with it and then have it lead you around. I mean, it'd be great if, if it had full on board Google maps, 
you know, I mean, and, and this also doesn't have GPS when even smartwatches or Wear OS devices that don't have LTE will have its own GPS. So you have a little more capability to use Google Maps without the smartphone and leave the phone at home, which let me be clear here, even though that's like the abstract dream of mine as to where it can replace my smartphone. That's not my marketing. Like that's marketing language from Google themselves saying you don't have to rely on your smartphone. You don't have to rely on your smartphone, leave your smartphone at home. I mean, or maybe not Google, but fossil will do that with some of their higher ends. Some of the other companies that sell Wear OS will, you know, will will push that out there obviously because fossil is not in the smartphone business. So they'd love for you to rely more on your smartwatch. But again, ultimately without, without LTE, uh, Google maps is just like a half measure. It's, it's half-ass. Like why, why would you use that? And it's important to understand. I mean, that you know, Google maps, like maps in general, getting directions is what very much launched what people call the mobile revolution. If you're a believer that the iPhone started it, well, the killer app that the iPhone had was maps, even though it was an afterthought, right? Uh, so without a fully functioning, you know, independently operating Google maps, uh, I, I mean, there's just no way that smart smartwatch could would ever really be practical or replace the smartphone overall, because I think that's just one of the biggest things people use smartphones for. So I think that's a fail now again, and I already said this earlier, but let me repeat it. If this had LTE connectivity, if it had, you know, always on internet connectivity, it would be a lot more interesting. Okay. And some of these issues that I have wouldn't really be an issue, but I don't know when any watch, you know, when any uh, Wear OS maker is going to make Wear OS devices that can work with, you know, other telcos besides Verizon. I feel like that just severely limits the platform as well. I know there's some out there, but I mean, you know, where, where you can really, some of the higher end devices or even lower end devices in this category, um, until you have that freedom, yeah, you're always going to run into trouble. Now this does have Wi-Fi, so you can connect it, like say to your home network or whatever network Wi-Fi network happens to be around. Uh, which, you know, can somewhat mitigate that, but you run into the problem of where really Wi-Fi passwords should be incredibly complex and typing all of that out on the little watch screen, you know, over and over again, every time you need to connect to a Wi-Fi network is admittedly, you know, could be seen as a, as a pain in the ass and thus a barrier to entry. But aside from Google maps, let's talk about some of the other apps here. Uh, now Google pay is one, I think that's like the other big one. That could be done with the watch uh, to where you don't have to pull out your smartphone and hold it up to an NFC reader, uh, you know, at the grocery store or wherever you happen to be using it. Um, that does work fairly well. And that can be really nice. That's where you could get into an argument of why you might want this device, because there are still very popular smartphones sold that do not have NFC built into them. I know it's hard to believe in 2021, but it's true. And, you know, having a smartwatch that does have NFC and most of them do would, you know, could, could kind of mitigate that problem. Okay. So say you couldn't normally use Google pay and you were into that, then, then it could do it. But again, it's a, it's a feature where, well, shit, if you had LTE, it'd be 10 times better, but it's such a simple application. I mean, it, it's very easy to use, uh, on the smartwatch and it, and it works. Um, the smartwatch does stay unlocked when it's on your wrist. Um, I mean, you can change a lot of these features, but basically once it's off of your wrist, that's when it locks itself to use Google pay. It has to be unlocked. But again, as long as it's on your wrist, um, I mean, you have to get close and, and you have to kind of confirm an action because you wouldn't want to just walk around and like be paying for fucking everything. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's pretty simple and quick, uh, to use. So I also see that as something that if you're into do using Google pay, you know, that those kinds of services that could be, you know, that, that is a useful feature if you're into that. I'm not, but if you are, I understand that that can be, you know, a, a very interesting feature, but also ultimately your smartphone does it better. So what's the point? 
the other big app, uh, in fact, so on your, on your, it's not your home screen, but on your watch screen, <laughs> on your watch screen, you can, uh, set like certain apps that you want to have kind of like favorites, right. That you want easy access to. And so the three that I had set up were the weather, right? Cause the weather is, I mean, and, and it worked like a widget on there too, which was actually pretty nice. Um, I've said this a million times on sovereign tech that the one thing I wish dumb watches would have is the weather. That's the only feature I want them to have that smart watches have. Uh, so of course I had that on there and I had telegram and I had Google pay. Those are the three main, you know, apps that I wanted access to. There's more on there. We'll talk about them. Uh, so telegram, let's talk a little bit about that. How does telegram work on a smartwatch rather well? I mean, other than they didn't do anything to really optimize the experience for a small watch screen. Um, but it does the job. I mean, it, it, it genuinely works. I'm sure that, and it updates regularly too. I imagine like telegram has just recently implemented like encrypted video group calls and, you know, other things. I don't imagine that all of those work with it. And I did not, was not able to test it if they could, but you could do like audio and some others, um, and typing. Well, again, as long as you can deal with that, you know, typing on that touch keyboard. Yeah. And I mean, it, it actually wasn't that bad, uh, to use. And I really have to applaud telegram for, you know, making sure that just it's everywhere. Now, Threema was on here as well. Um, and that, that was an, an interesting experience, definitely missing a lot of features, but also kudos to Threema for being, you know, everywhere that they can be and somewhat ahead of the curve. I mean, really, I see Threema as one of the, the top competitors. I mean, it's certainly better than Signal, um, but it's one of the one of the real top competitors for. In fact, I did the Ultimate Messenger uh, episode recently, and Threema more or less took top spot. I mean, I'd love it if Briar was on this thing, but but it's not. Uh, anyway, like that, it's nice that it's there. And understand that you do access a mole or a, uh, a, a Wear OS Google play store on the watch itself. And you don't have to connect it to, uh, your smartphone. Okay. You don't have to download the apps through your smartphone. You can, and the, you know, the smartwatch and smartphone connect via Bluetooth. You can do that, but you can also do it with Wi-Fi independently onto the device. Um, so you're not running like a mirrored version of telegram at all. You're running an actual version of the telegram app on your smartwatch. And again, kudos to telegram. It's not the grandest experience on the smartwatch, but that's okay. And I don't necessarily blame telegram. I actually more blame wear OS because wear OS doesn't give you the option to use the really clever keyboards. Like Microsoft made this brilliant keyboard for Android wear. Again, remember Android wear was basically just full on Android as to where, yes, this is still Android based as I understand it, but it's a significantly trimmed down version. So you used to be able, I mean, you could do basically anything with an Android wear watch. Uh, of course the battery wouldn't last you long, but you, <laughs> you could do just about anything. Uh, and wear OS no, that's just not a part of the program. So you're stuck using Google's inputs basically. And again, it's not horrible, but it's also not very intuitive. And it's just, it's, it's such a small screen. Um, messages, Android messages is on here as well. And that works independently, uh, too. It's not streaming from your smartphone. Uh, you can receive text, you know, SMS text messages right on the watch and respond to them right on the watch. And it has, you know, it's Google's official app and it has the smart replies and everything, which certainly help out with that and, and come in handy. Uh, you also have phone on here, which that works surprisingly well, uh, the phone option. And not just that, but like using the speaker and microphone, uh, the speaker was pretty clear in making a phone call from the watch and definitely felt very Knight Rider. Uh, I liked that experience quite a bit. Um, you didn't have the privacy of headphones, though you can also connect Bluetooth headphones to this. There's no, you know, uh, uh, 
one eighth Jack on it, of course. Um, but the whole phone call thing, I mean like that, that really, really worked very well. Again, any of these apps that you get into, not a lot of settings to configure. They're all incredibly basic. Uh, nothing compared to the settings like, you know, privacy and security and whatever else and customization settings that you'd want to set up uh, on the smartphone versions of the app. None of that is here, but I mean, you know, doing the, the SMS, doing texting from it. Yeah. I mean, it worked doing the phone calls again was actually great. Like, and, and it felt, it felt that felt pretty natural. Um, maybe it's because I've just seen it in, I don't know, a million different sci-fi shows or whatever else that, that somehow it, it just clicked and made sense to me. Um, but I, I liked that experience. If we went back to a world where, you know, ta- the talkies who <laughs> were talking on the phone was a more commonplace thing. Again, uh, smartwatches would be a lot more viable right now. Uh, I think, but anyway, I also installed outlook, Microsoft outlook, um, on this and doing emails on this thing. Not the way emails are done now, baby. <laughs> like emails are so rich now, as far as rich content within them. And I don't like that, but it's how it is. Uh, does not work well on the smartwatch, but I mean, you are able, especially very basic emails that you send. And if it was for communication purposes, uh, that worked surprisingly well, but I do think that your storage would probably get filled up pretty quickly. If you did that for any long period of time without any archiving or anything along those lines. But again, all of these, uh, points of communication, okay. All these communication apps, you either need to be connected to Wi-Fi, or, and look, I don't live in a city where there's Wi-Fi everywhere, or you've got to be, you got to have your smartphone nearby, you know, or you need to have LTE on it. And two of those can be deemed impractical for many. And the other defeats the purpose. Like if I can, why would I respond to texts on my smartwatch when I have to have my smartphone with me? The idea of the companion device to the smartphone, like you're just trading one mediocre experience for another. As to where if it, like I said earlier, if it was a companion to your laptop, then it's a lot more practical. Okay. Because then it makes sense. You're having a singular, dare I say, mediocre or inefficient experience, but it's convenient because you're not having to carry your whatever size laptop with you. Okay. But that's not what this is. This is your smartphone is crap sandwich a, and your smartwatch is just crap sandwich B. Now there's some other apps I want to talk about quick, and then we'll get into what about playing media on it. That's a very convoluted affair, but let's talk about some of the other apps. So it does have like a flashlight app. That's nice. I mean, and it's not like it has a camera on it or anything. Another reason that most smartwatches uh, or at least smartwatches as they exist now won't take over uh, for the smartphone because, because smartphones have cameras and people are just, you know, narcissists and love taking pictures. No, <laughs> no, it's okay to take pictures of yourself or of others. It's fine. It's just, it's when you share them with the rest of the world that I think becomes, that's where the narcissism comes in. Um, but that's also the inspiration for many people, unfortunately, instead of just being artists with their own pictures. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, not having a camera. Hmm. So the flashlight is not coming from the camera flash. It's just the screen gets really bright and it has a couple of like emergency, you know, where it can blink and do some other features. That's kind of nice. Um, it does have the weather. Uh, I don't think the information is very well laid out, but it does the job certainly better than most fitness trackers that can all also offer you the weather. I'll give it that, but that's not saying much that you're better than a fitness tracker. Um, it has like a timer. I mean, all the, all your basic clock features, you know, stopwatch and all this other stuff. Uh, that's just overblown, you know, but it's on there and okay. It works. There are some games on there, but the less said about those, the better, not, not, not that, Smartwatch can't be a great platform for games. It can, but I don't feel like anybody's really taking advantage of it. And I don't blame them because I don't know how much money they would make off of it, but regardless. So now some apps can function like widgets. 
uh, where, you know, they can appear and depending upon the watch face that you have, we need to talk about watch faces. Some apps can, can act like widgets or they have tiles on Wear OS where you swipe to the left and it will, you can load like, I think four tiles total and there'll be like a tile for weather, a tile perhaps for the timer or a tile for some kind of fitness or sleep tracking or something like that. Uh, the tiles overall are just larger displays of information. And I think overall they'd be more useful for people that are interested in the fitness features. And I should put the word features in quotes. Uh, for me, I didn't really see much use to them um, because I can easily press the weather widget on the main smartwatch screen. And that would bring up what the tile would show me anyway. Now, like I said, don't there, there are some positives and I, I will get into those, what those positives are when, when we talk about it. But while I'm mentioning fitness, let's talk about this. Uh, sleep trackers just suck just flat out. They just suck. <laughs> they're, they're wildly inaccurate. They are at best, you know, like a, 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 an average around figure, you know, like you could glean some kind of information. Maybe you could say, okay, clearly I'm not sleeping good, but then you really aren't getting the, the amount of detailed information that these companies like to market to you, that you are getting the kind of, that kind of information. No, like, I mean, details of when did you fall asleep? How much was deep sleep and things like this are always, always inaccurate. Uh, you have to get a very specific device that does a lot more than sit on your wrist uh, to be able to tell that story well, uh, as far as sleep tracking goes. So that's crap. Um, heart rate monitoring usually is wildly off. Uh, you know, you could say, well, it's better with the Apple watch. Okay, maybe, but again, all the fitness features on this, and it does connect with Google fit. Fossil has its own fitness features as well. All of these fitness features, if you, okay. If you swim, maybe if you ride bikes, if you, uh, run, you know, like those kinds of things, there might be interesting information on there for you that talks about, you know, what was your heart rate, things like this, even though, like I said, that, that can be pretty inaccurate. There could be, inter or, you know, how long did you run for? All of these things could be interesting information. Okay. But if you are doing uh, fitness, if you're lifting weights and, and look, I've brought this up with fitness trackers as well, like a lot of types of exercise, these are positively meaning meaningless for, they're really only good for types of cardio and that's it. And I'm not saying cardio is bad. I am just saying that you know, these get marketed to us. Like they're going to change our workout game, but by no means is there any feature here that that'll make or break your workouts. Not even fucking close. That's just, that's just, a, it's just a lie. It's not, I mean, you could say, no, they're just overblowing it. No, now it's to the point that it's just a lie. So the fitness stuff means nothing to me. Uh, and I turn all of that off and, you know, I'll take a second to talk about battery. I mean, I, I basically, other than notifications, and granted, this does not have LTE or GPS. So other than notifications, I like, I turn everything off in this. There's an always on screen option, um, which I also don't use because I don't need it on all the time. Um, we'll talk about watch faces in a second, but I get, you know, I, I was reading a lot of reviews for this and people saying, oh, I don't even get 24 hours out of it. I guess you've just got everything turned on. Uh, I mean, it'd be amazing. And I get a lot of notifications throughout the day, believe me, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, but the battery really never went below 50%. And that was with heavy interactivity with this thing. So that 24 hours plus, yeah, I think it can get that, uh, depending upon what you're using it for. But again, I turned off all of the fitness features, no heart rate, no sleep tracking, you know, not, neither of those. Uh, the always on screen isn't on because then, yeah, I, I can definitely see that it drains fast uh, when you have those features turned on. And, you know, that's certainly always been for me, a point against smartwatches that I don't want, or I shouldn't have to charge a watch, you know, every day. Like I, I just shouldn't be thinking about, all right, how many devices am I going to charge tonight? You know, like it, that's, that's getting crazy uh, these days. And I don't need one more that does that. That was certainly a place where fitness trackers do it, are doing it a lot better in that, you know, the me band and others 
they can go two weeks, sometimes a month. I mean, it's amazing the distance those can go depending upon what you're using it for. I mean, even, even the Mi Band 5 with heart rate, sleep tracking, all that on, I still didn't have, I, I think I got just about two weeks of battery life out of that. Uh, amazing. So that's certainly a knock, uh, against smartwatches is the battery issue. I know there are smartwatches that get, that can get like three days, uh, of, of battery, but those are few and far between. And we got a long way to go before anything like that is common, but that needs to happen. In my opinion, for smartwatches to be viable. Now let's, let's talk about the watch faces. Okay. So they wear OS highly touts how there are thousands of watch faces to choose from. I mean, I guess there are people that think this sort of thing is cool. Uh, frankly, all I needed to do is like, if I can customize the picture that's in the background, like put like a Cobra symbol from GI Joe on it. Awesome. Or the Imperial symbol from star Wars. Awesome. Great. That that's all I need. <laughs> this, this obsession with, with what, you know, the watch face looks like. I understand when it comes into like real human craftsmanship, uh, you know, say of a, uh, a Seiko or a citizen or a tag or even a Rolex. Okay. Like I, I get where, where those kinds of things come in. Um, and that, that, that can be really worthwhile, but you know, you're, you're here for the feature set, right? <laughs> Not so much the display. So I don't quite get that. And the best watch face. And I went through quite a few of them. The best watch face I found was the one that let me put the most features on the main watch screen. And that's the default watch screen that, that it just, that Wear OS defaults to none of the other, uh, uh watch faces allowed for that kind of customability or customizability. And again, if you want to get any meaningful amount of life on these things, uh, you're not going to see the watch face that often. So what the hell's the point? right? <laughs> now I know that there are smartwatches out there that do like this kind of interesting, like dual screen affair where over the screen, there is almost like a, like an ink screen or so that that can be always on, but that is low power. I mean, that's, that's a neat trick and that's cool. I'm not knocking that, but then also you don't get thousands of watch screens to choose from. I'm sure, you know, for that capability. So let me break this down a little bit. Uh, the customized watch faces I think is, kind of pointless. Um, the communications capabilities, telegram messages, phone, and all that, uh, they work and they work fairly well. I mean, like they're certainly passable, but without LTE, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're kind of pointless. They're, they're, they're superfluous, frankly. Okay. And especially when you, so, you know, since you have to have your smartphone around you, like it, it just doesn't make sense. With LTE, they'd be a little bit of a better and different story. So no real knocks in the messages part. Like that's about what I expect the experience of communicating with a smartwatch to be. So that's there. It's just more of the connectivity and need for independence of the device. The fitness stuff, pure bullshit, pure bullshit. <laughs> Maybe it inspires you like a placebo somehow to get a better workout, but ultimately it's bullshit. Google pay feature. Yeah, that works really well for what it is that, that really works very, very well. Though I did notice I couldn't add my Sezzle card to it, which kind of sucks. The battery life, like we talked about is what it is. Um, let's talk about what could have been the saving grace for this thing. And that is media playback. Now, like I said, could have been cause it's not. Uh, and this is true for any of these really. So I don't know where the limitation is or where the problem is. And I wouldn't be surprised if somewhat of the answer comes down to that. Amazon wants to make its own Alexa watch at some point, but I find it incredibly confusing that audible exists for Apple watch as an independent app, but it does not exist for Wear OS. Having Audible on this smartwatch, on this, on the Gen 5e, and understand it's just Audible's not on Wear OS, no matter what watch you're talking about. Having Audible on here would have made it worth 
well, I don't know if it'd be worth two fifty, but it'd be worth that hundred dollar range for damn sure. Like it would have been worth a lot more just having audible. That would have been fucking brilliant. And especially now that audible has podcasts, it would have been amazing. Now you do have, you can put Spotify or Pandora on here and I don't really use either of those. And those are basically streaming also. Uh, it's not downloading anything to the onboard storage. So, I mean, I guess those could be nice, but again, without LTE, what good is a streaming service, right? That's why I'm saying that audible would have been great on this. There's no VLC on here. There are independent apps where you can play music right off of the smartwatch, where you can play podcasts right off of the smartwatch, but you have to connect to do podcasts. There's like, it's called Wearcast is the name of the app. And this app is really weird. I applaud the developer. I'm not knocking him, but for one, it updates like every day, which I, I just find strange. Um, I, I can imagine there's a good reason for that, but boy, I, that, that, that skews me out. Um, but also it, it makes your smartwatch reliant upon the smartphone. And so again, I say it's, it's superfluous. It, there's no point to it. And it basically has to like stream the podcast or not stream, but download from the smartphone. And then the smartphone sends it to the smartwatch. And I mean, it's, that's, it, it's really, really convoluted. And I get it. People are passionate about it. Again, I think the developers doing amazing things. I'm not knocking anybody here, but that just defeats the purpose for me. Like I said, but I mean, watching, you know, videos on it's impractical. I mean, with Android where you had, like you had a web browser and I know there's kind of a web browser for this kind of, but you had all these options where you really could do anything you could do on a smartphone. And, and this is just, again, the smartwatch is just so, or Wear OS is so limited in what you can do. Um, it, it becomes once again, pointless, superfluous, or superfluous, however you want to say it. Yes, you can stream technically from Spotify or Pandora, but once you leave the Wi-Fi network, you're fucked. Um, so there's no in real, or in my opinion, there's no practical independent, uh, consumption of media with this device. I mean, there even with Android where there was even like ebook readers and stuff. And you could say, well, that's crazy. Why would you read a book on a watch? But why not? You know, <laughs> at the same time. And we need to, we'll, we're going to talk about size in the end here, but let's keep talking about media playback. Now, one thing it does do very well is media controls, not media playback, but media controls. Okay. And look, you can connect Bluetooth headphones to this. It's not like it'd be impossible to have an offline independent media experience with the smartwatch. It's just not very practical. Um, but now the media controls for this blow away what any, uh, fitness tracker can do like the Mi band controls, media controls, you know, don't hold a candle to the speed, uh, and, and really presentation even that, where the Wear OS device has that the, the 5e has like what'll happen is, is that the, and this is kind of cool. You know, I don't give a shit about watch faces, but it's kind of cool that it'll take the album artwork from whatever you're listening to. And this worked with Plex as well. It'll take the album artwork and it'll make it the watch face, or it'll take the, the, the book cover from audible. Uh, again, it's not playing audible on the watch. It's just, you know, interacting with what the smartphone is doing. And it'll put that there. And I thought that that was really nice. And it has simple volume and, you know, pause and next track controls and all that. And it moves the time up to the top like that. That's, that's a very, very nice experience. Okay. Um, but again, for actual media playback, independent media playback, it's completely impractical, uh, and, or a ton of work that I just, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze, um, on this again, even if it just had audible and it had the ability to download the audiobooks or podcasts, it would be a completely different story. And my review would be far more gracious. My review would actually be positive in the end because that's that, that just be dynamite to have audible on your wrist like that. And I'm not talking about strapping one of those wrist straps that holds a smartphone on your wrist or anything like that. I know you can do that. Don't be a smart ass. Okay. You know what I mean by this? And it's just not there. Um, so that said the other thing that, cause you know, media controls, yeah, a fitness tracker can do that. So do you need a smartwatch to do it? No, 
even though a smartwatch does or a Wear OS device does do it better. Um, the next thing that actually Wear OS does a hell of a lot better than any fitness tracker is controlling uh, notifications, managing and receiving notifications. Uh, this is really nice because with Wear OS, you can do all the fast actions like delete the email. Uh, you can reply to it actually, even, you know, through the notification, much like you can on an Android smartphone. Uh, you can just hit a button that will actually open the app in the phone. So it's ready for you when you're, when you, you know, jump to your phone from your smartwatch, uh, notifications. Great. I mean, and, and, you know, all the emoji you get to see, which a lot of fitness trackers don't always allow for that. Um, just brilliant, brilliant. What, what that, you know, the notification system, how that works on Wear OS. But, you know, as brilliant as that is, is that worth $250? Is that even worth $100 to get those notifications? As much as I love the idea of not having to look at my smartphone screen, no, nah, it's not worth that price tag. And that's really, I, I think, ultimately, you know, the short version of this review is that seeing the weather, using Google Pay, uh, media controls, and managing notifications and receiving notifications quickly do not, you know, they're just, that's not worth 250 bucks. It's not worth 200 bucks. It's not worth a hundred bucks. And you know, everything I'm saying here about the gen five E other than, you know, okay, some of this might be more practical with LTE is true for every Wear OS device. So I'm really giving you an overall review of where Wear OS is at right now. Now, like I said, I know Apple Watch, different story. Apple Watch has Audible independently, okay? Apple Watch has uh, actually like more, I think it has far more open LTE uh, capabilities. I mean, it's just, it, it's more, Apple Watch is just more there with this device that could leave the smartphone behind. But Wear OS is not it. And I would be amazed if Wear OS 3.0 is going to be it, but we will see. Now, I want to talk about the design of the watch overall. Okay. First off, um, I think that requiring these proprietary charging docks, and this is true for fitness trackers and a lot of wearables is just nonsense. There, this, while this isn't the largest smartwatch I've seen, there is zero reason there couldn't be a USB-C port on this. No reason at all. It wouldn't have made it any bigger to have a USB-C port on this. Uh, so that that's just, that's just bullshit. Um, this is like swim proof, you know, it has whatever IP was IPX four or whatever the rate it's not IP 68, but whatever the rating is, uh, it is somewhat swim proof, but even that shouldn't stop you from having USB-C port on it. Um, that is definitely better because there were original Android Wear devices that were not swim proof, uh, or shower proof and that you know, makes them kind of, that makes them a problem. You know, I'd never wear a watch that I'd have to, or yeah, no, I'd never wear a watch. <laughs> I, say, I know there's some really nice, like led or mechanical watches out there, like classic ones, but th that's kind of a different category, but I'd never wear a watch to, you know, somewhere where I could potentially, you know, jump in the water, right. That wasn't waterproof. Like I'm not going to take the time to take my watch off and I'm not going to leave you know, I don't wear Mickey mouse watches. Okay. I'm not going to leave that on my beach towel at the beach, you know, to go jump in the water. It's just foolishness and speaks more. If it wasn't waterproof, boy, it definitely wouldn't be worth 250 uh, at that point. But, you know, speaking to overall design. So yeah, so the charging stuff that that's bullshit that every company engages in. And that's just so, you know, they can make money off of the, the, the charging cables. If you ever have to replace it, I suppose they love making money off that proprietary crap. Um, it's not a bad looking watch. It looks like nothing because all it has is a, you know, blank screen, you know, black face basically, uh, without the watch screen on. And I have the silicone one. I mean, even if this had like the metal band, cause you can get it with different types of bands. I don't think that it would look any better somehow, or that it would be more stylish. Uh, you know, fossil is a great watch company, but I mean, there's no, there's no real, it looks like a fossil watch. I guess, but there's no real style here. And I think re relying upon the watch face to be the style or even relying on the technology to be the style is kind of, kind of bullshit when it comes to watches. 
Okay. I like functionality, but the functionality is limited. Well, that's just it. The functionality is fucking limited, you know, and I have, I mean, I have watches that aren't smart watches. Like I have Casio G shocks. Like I have a pro track that actually can kind of tell the weather, um, it has a compass built in, uh, has, you know, a million different features, not a smartwatch at all. It doesn't connect to the internet. Yeah. It can receive, you know, uh, um, uh, atomic, uh, time clock, uh, signals. But in my opinion, that's a far more practical watch, uh, than this could ever dream of being. And so, you know, it just, I mean, there's nothing like special really to look at now, to be fair, I don't think there's anything special about Apple watches either. They just look, they look like rectangular turds on someone's wrist. Okay. Uh, and these are all so small. Now I know that that that's a matter of personal taste and a lot about watches is personal taste, but no real watch connoisseur, <laughs> you know, is going to take this seriously. Okay. Or the five E anyway. And I don't think they're, and I know we've talked about it in the past on sovereign tech, they don't take the Apple watch seriously either. Um, but it, it's, so it's a, what is it? A 44 millimeter bezel. It's, it's so tiny <laughs> and there's no really, yes, I know they want to make it lighter weight. And for, you know, somewhat of a good reason, like I said, even for me, it's like difficult or it, it does get tiresome to hold the watch, the watch face up so that you can interact with the watch for extended periods of time. But I would much rather have a, which Android Wear watches were, a significantly larger watch where maybe I could change the SIM card on it, where maybe I could put in a micro SD card in it, um, you know, where it has a lot more options and maybe a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more power under the hood, as it were, than, than have this thing that looks like nothing. You know, I mean, I, I think even if it were larger, it would make more of a statement on your wrist, but it just ends up making no statement because the technology is BS on it. it. It's substandard. And this is true for any Wear OS device. Uh, it's substandard and it has no flash, has no style. I mean, if it were like the size of my S force carbon, I'd be like, well, okay, at least it looks cool because it's fucking massive, you know, but it's not even that <laughs> I've had calculator watches bigger than this 20, 30 years ago. And those are actually lightweight. You, you don't even know you're wearing them. So ultimately you're not going to see me wearing this thing. Uh, I I'm just, it doesn't do anything for me. You know, if it had LTE, might that be a little bit different? Yeah. You know, if it had LTE and if it had audible built into it uh, or as a, as a potential downloadable app, this would be something I'd, I'd really be considering. And I'd really be like, I might wear it all the time. I still wouldn't wear it as a sleep tracker just because there's something not right about, you know, even if it worked well, the idea of, I mean, the way I sleep, I'm a side sleeper, but even if I wasn't a side sleeper, the idea of having like something with all those radios, like right next to my the blood brain barrier in my ear. Right. Cause you know, sometimes I'll have my hand under the pillow or whatever, boy, I just wouldn't feel fucking comfortable with that. <laughs> I mean, there's something about that. Just, that just sounds like it's asking for cancer or asking for trouble of some kind. Um, I'm not going to make a blanket statement on that. I'm just saying that there, there's really something about that that does not make me comfortable. So, I mean, I've tested these kinds of devices, you know, for short periods of time, say like, you know, sleeping, uh, you know, having them on me when I sleep, but no, I, I, I can't see doing it long-term just, just cannot. So again, I just, I see this as pointless. Um, Wear OS 3.0 might end up being a very different story, but right now, and it's not just because the 5e is low spec. Yeah, it'd be a little different if it had LTE, like I said, but it's not just because it's, it's low spec. This was true for Wear OS in general. There's just no point. And it, it's not even flashy. I mean, what is like, is somehow you wearing a, a smartwatch going to make a, a gal or a guy look at you and go, Ooh, I'd like to fuck them. Boy, <laughs> I'd almost rather have the opposite. You know, I'd rather have the person saying, it's like, wow, he, he wears, he wears like an actual watch. 
He's not carrying a smartphone around. That's not a smartwatch. That's an actual watch and no smartphone. I gotta get, I gotta know more about this guy. I gotta know more about this gal. I mean, fuck, right? My dream world right there. No, <laughs> fortunately I live in that dream world. I mean, when, when Ellen saw me wearing this, she's like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> it was so great. I love her so much. <laughs> She doesn't even like it when these devices end up in the house, you know, <laughs> she's just like, Oh no, not another device. No, <laughs> that's a woman. Woo. Anyway. <laughs> so, mm, um, okay. Now my head's going other places. So yeah. Uh, you know, my review is sure. Like there's things that it does well and it can be kind of an accessory and it can make up potentially for shortcomings of your smartphone, like say a lack of NFC, but this does have it. But beyond that, I, or if you're really into cardio, like if you're really a runner or into bicycling and things like that, or a swimmer, okay. Like, I guess, um, if you really want that device, if you really don't want to look at your smartphone at all, you know, yes, this, this is in other than the battery life, this is ultimately better than the fitness tracker for being a notification device. But, you know, the price tag just doesn't, it just doesn't equate to where I think that that makes sense, even if you want it for those things. So we'll see what happens when Wear OS 3.0 comes around. Um, but as it stands right now, Wear OS is is, is completely impractical uh, and, and really serves no purpose. But I'd love to get to the day where there is a smartwatch that you can wear and, you know, if Apple beats everybody to the punch, who knows? You know, maybe I'd be actually be intrigued by an Apple watch. Um, but until we get a smartwatch that just does everything that a smartphone does, it's just in a different form factor. I just can't get interested, you know. It, it just, it, it's not, it's not enough for me to get really excited. So smartwatch, just not there yet. That's the bottom line. Uh, Apple watch is close, but. Overall, the category is just not there. So that is it for this little Sovereign Tech smartwatch special. More Sovereign Tech to come, and I will see all of you woo, on the other side.